Hello and welcome to The Story Project. I'm your host, Jessica Altschuler, and today's guest is Daisy Infantis Lagdeman, a bicoastal professional dancer who has an affinity for elevating and pushing other dancers. Born and raised in Hartford, Connecticut, her Peruvian culture became a bridge to learning all styles of hip-hop. You can find Daisy dancing in the hit movies In the Heights and Hocus Pocus 2. She is also a member of the New York City performance company Shinza, which showcases immersive art, storytelling, and more. Daisy's movement is a reflection of the teachers and artists she's trained under, including Luz Frias, Luam, Bo Park, John Rua, Neil Schwartz, Ian McKenzie, Candace Brown, and many more. Daisy believes that creating safe spaces for others to grow and encouraging others through positive affirmations are necessary in order to reach our fullest potential. In today's episode, Daisy highlights the transformative moments of her professional career, voices the way that trauma has shaped her artistry, and describes the obstacles and triumphs on her path towards empowerment. Here is Daisy Infantis Lagdeman. Hello, Daisy. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am great. I'm so happy to be chatting with you. We have always been like ships passing in the night. I only see you if we are overlapping on our teaching schedule or at some random show. And this is our first time that we've actually been able to sit down and have a conversation. (laughs) So I guess I just needed to start a podcast to have a real conversation with you. With God's saying something. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So before we dive into everything, can you start us off by telling us what your human bio is? So what is your bio that exists off of your resume? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's a big one. Um, That's a big one. Okay. So my human bio is I am a Hispanic woman. from Peru, uh, born and raised here in Connecticut. And I grew up with a love of dance and a love of art in general. And I am very empathetic. Like I'm super sensitive sometimes to like other people's emotions and their pains and stuff like that. I'm very interested in psychology. So I did psychology and I, that actually helped me dive deeper into the arts world, which is great. And so into the arts world, I am just a passionate artist that just wants to keep creating and keep giving and and help other people feel um, through my movement, through expression, without me verbalizing anything. Um, and aside from that, aside from dance, I am a dog lover. I'm a, I'm a mama for a doggy named Leo. <laughs> I am happily married, and I own a nice, beautiful, multifamily home. Uh, and I'm just living life, trying to travel and explore things and find who I am more through exploration, um, aside from just, you know, understanding my roots as a Peruvian woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. So can you tell us more about what it was like growing up as an artist and what outlets you had and what training you had and all of that fun stuff? Cool. So, um, my mom would, well, she came here from Peru. Um, she immigrated here with her husband. And um, behold, I was born here <laughs> in Connecticut. Um, and interestingly enough, 
the family in Peru, they would send over like videos all the time and like and I'm talking like bootleg videos. Like you know the the DVDs that are like hella bootleg. They would send those over. And that was my form of watching like TV or things just to like keep my mind and my body entertained. And one of them that they sent me was Michael Jackson. And so I started obsessing over Michael Jackson. Not just that, but like literally I would dance in my basement. Like there was a there's like an outlet. Out of all places, you think that there's an outlet like on the floor, like in the corners. No, there's one on the ceiling next to a light bulb. So I had to reach up there with a chair to plug in a radio to play like some CDs or things that I just really wanted to dance into. And just I would pretend all the time, like any type of scene that the song would say or like speak in some sense. And Michael Jackson was one of them. And my mom had a TV now, so then boom, DVDs, started watching more stuff. And then I just started getting into all these different styles of dance. And not just like Michael Jackson. It was like the songs that were popular at the time, or at least in Peru. Um, And from there, that was just me throughout like middle school. And then high school hit, and I actually got very lucky and got into the arts high school which was so crazy to me because I thought that was like not real and it was I was like "Ah, so I dabbled into like photography I dabbled into like acting I did acting for the four years there but aside from that I started dancing um and my first class ever in that high school was an African class and I was like oh my gosh I love this because we had to go across the floor and it was very tied down to some of the Afro-Peruvian um, roots in terms of the dances that I've learned. So it was kind of easier for me to understand that type of language. Um, and the person I was teaching, which was like, hey, I have a studio. Like, would you want to come and like visit? And I was like, hell yeah, like put me on. And so I went um, and that was my first experience being inside of a dance studio. Um, but unfortunately, my parents couldn't afford it. So I wasn't able to fully train in the expensive like under the expense of my parents um but the beauty of that was that I made so many friends there that I would just hang out with them and they weren't the like classically trained like they were more so hip-hop trained so I was learning different styles like wagging and voguing and um uh, popping and um waving and all these things and a little bit of crumping and things like that and I've learned that through them and it wasn't just because it was like a dance class because it barely was um it was more so just like a session and that's how I got into more of the dancing here in Connecticut where it was just freestyle and I would like go with them to this freestyle session everyone's dancing different styles in every corner of the room and I'm like oh my gosh this is great boy I like that can you teach me that can you teach me that like I want to learn this I want to learn that and so um, I just started learning those different styles. Are my earrings hitting the headphones? <laughs> I was gonna let you finish, and then I was gonna tell you that. I'm gonna take them out. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to stop. This is so good. It's like dot 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 on beat, and I'm like, but that's not better. Um, so yeah, um, basically, that's kind of how I grew up, and then I there was like a thing called breakdancing Shakespeare. And I was like, what's that? And it was combining theater with breakdancing, obviously. And it was awesome because I was able to marry those two different worlds. So I learned so many different styles like that. And I didn't really go into a dance studio and learn like ballet or anything. Um, 
But that's pretty much how I grew up. I grew up more of a freestyle dancer than I did like a professional dancer. Um, and that was like throughout my high school. And then once I hit college, I just started dancing. Like I started choreographing a little bit. Um, and then did like competitions and stuff like that, which is fun. It was cute. It was a good time. And then that's, I think my last year, I think that's when I met Ray and Ray's my husband. For those who don't know, I met Ray and Ray has been doing a lot of professional work. Like he's been training it. Like he has expanded his horizon by going to LA, going to New York, knowing all these teachers and all these choreographers and taking class. And he has so many connections and he still does. And when I met him, I was just taking his class. And I was like, okay, cool, you know, whatever. But then eventually, obviously, we started becoming more than just friends. And he actually introduced me to a lot of the dancers that I know now. And um, that's how I got into more of the professional route. And the fact that I kind of already know these foundational styles amplified that even more. And then he also put me on to being a teacher at Rockwell for the first time. Mind you, I did not really know how to teach in that sense. So I was trying to learn counts <laughs> from that era. I would just say the sounds and like, I'm, I'd just be like, good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but through that, I learned um, how to better break things down for other people. And also it helped me learn more about the styles that I'm teaching and how to better teach it and how it feels in my body and how to better articulate it to other people so they understand where it's actually coming from or where, where to pull from. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that and training in New York and going to other places like that because of Raymond, like it completely elevated who I am as a dancer, as an artist. Um, so that's pretty much my dance journey um, as like from the ground all the mm-hmm. way up to now. Yeah. It's been, it's been quite a beautiful journey. You're such a stunning dancer and I just saw all of your choreography at the Rockwell recital and I was like oh my it's so incredible I can't wait for your choreography to be everywhere just so blown away so can you talk about what your transition has been like into the professional world and what are some jobs and opportunities that have really been shaping you and you have like representation and all of that kind of stuff so with the transition from a freestyle dancer to someone that dances professionally now, it was it's still kind of a tough journey, um, but it's something that I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. So when I went to these classes, I was like, I'm going to have fun. Like, this is something that's obviously out of my comfort zone. There's no point in me stressing about getting the choreography steps correct because this is my first time or like what the kind of like new to me of picking out choreography in that sense or expressing myself through choreography not just doing the choreography alone mm-hmm. and that was a process too because at first I was just learning the teacher and how to just dance like them and then after a while they're like no you got to put your own sauce in there you got to put your own thing in there and I'm like well, how the hell am I going to do that if I'm like learning I'm here to learn from you do you mm-hmm. know what I mean so once that started happening I was like okay so maybe the steps that I'm taking like maybe I can maneuver in a way where it's still staying true to the choreography however i can add my own texture i can add my own level i can um add more feeling to a specific step things like that and and um i can be calmer in this step i could be minimalistic in this step so it's like that's how i found my own like voice in a sense of just stylizing what felt good for me but also staying true to the choreography 
And I kept doing that. You know, I kept um, learning more choreography, learning more choreography. Honestly, it's just like body memory. Like just the more you take classes, the more you learn. Like the, the better is that you retain the choreography and execute the choreography as well. And then on top of that, that's how you make your connections. And that's how I made majority of my connections. It was through classes. It was through me being in the front and not caring about what other people thought and you know how I am my energy is very up and I'm always like really excited and I'm like loud at some points like I I love being that I love being me in that sense because it causes everyone else like it makes everyone else understand that this is not a life or death class (laughs) it's not a life or death situation um it makes people feel a little more comfortable and I love that and that also puts my mind at ease too because if I'm like really like serious and like like I don't know you know it just feels weird for me it feels like I have no choice but to prove myself in a sense of like I need like I need this job I need this Mm -hmm. you know versus like I'm just here I'm here to live I'm here to like dance I'm here to exchange energy and exchange energy was the word for me for a while because since I grew up in a freestyle background we also did battles and that was it battles I saw as an exchange of energy an exchange of words through movement um, so as I was taking classes and stuff like that, that, that was my mindset. Just like, you're just exchanging energy. Like you're learning on top of that. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And that's, that's ultimately how I got to where I am in terms of getting the jobs that I got. And, um, yeah, just through connection and just being who you are and just being real, like be nice. One thing, be nice, be human. Because a lot of the times the choreographers and the people, they're stressed the hell out. They're trying to figure things out. Like, and the last thing they need is, is for someone to be like up their butt <laughs> every five seconds or like treating them like they're the goddess or something like that every five seconds, you know, because it makes them feel like they have no choice but to be perfect or or something that they're not. And that's how I landed the majority of my job is just by being human. Just be human. Just be you. And for a while, being me, I was like, what the hell does that mean? Like, what does me mean? Like, what do I bring to the table? What makes me different than all these 85 billion dancers in the world? Um, and it was just the positivity that I have, the the empathy that I have, like the energy that I give in the space and, um, you know, the encouraging, like just me just being openly expressive without feeling like I am stuck in a cage or if I'm stressed out, like I obviously dance is very stressful and very cutthroat, but now what, do you know what I mean? Like what, what can you do with that? Are you going to sit and like tear yourself apart over it? Or are you going to just put your best foot forward and do what you need to do, you know, um, in terms of being yourself and be unapologetically yourself at that. That's even harder, especially in a world where like, they're looking for a specific look and like dancers feel like they need to be a specific way. And it's like, no, no, you don't just be yourself. It's like, you're fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the jobs that are for you will come to you. They Mm -hmm. won't miss you. And that's something that I also learned too, where it's like, um, I used to be very stressed out over jobs and, and, um, would really like mentally beat myself up because I didn't get a job and it wasn't even because I was bad or anything it was because I just wasn't the look that they were going for um and it wasn't like anything personal either it's just because they need a specific type of look or style and things like that and it took a really long time for me to like get over that and sometimes it still gets to me today for example there was um 
you know how like Encanto had they had like a live thing in LA mm. I went to LA and I auditioned for that and because I went to LA LA specifically to audition for that which is money out of my own pocket mm-hmm. and I have my resume and I shot I'm staying on the Airbnb which is also out of my pocket in my head it started to become sis like you need this job mm-hmm. like you travel all like there's no way you're not gonna like you need to get this job and I did the audition and everything and it was fine like I'm you know, I made it to the last round and it was great and I had fun. And I went home and I didn't hear anything from them. And I was like, well, what's going on? And they were like, yeah, Cassie's already went out. And I was like, <laughs> tears everywhere. And I was like, wait a minute. Was this a, like, if this job had never existed, would I really be like this right now? Like, am I just doing this because of the fact that like, what, what's the reason for this? Is it because this job came into my life and I feel like I needed to get this job or is it just because, I don't know, like other sources, you know? And I started really thinking about it. Like, okay, this job came out of nowhere. Like many other jobs. It's not a life or death situation. Um, and you kind of like made yourself believe that you really needed this job rather than this is something that I've always wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I say that to say, like, again, like it's still a struggle mentally in terms of just professionally booking jobs and things like that. But at the same time, it's like, again, going back to knowing who you are and like knowing that sometimes the audition process is going to be tough or like knowing that it's not about you right now. It's not because when I saw the show, like it looked amazing, but I was like, oh, I see why now. Like, I see why that job mm-hmm. wasn't for me. And and that's the beauty of it because now I'm able to have that process and be like, okay, well, yeah, I'll, with my next journey, um, which led me to a lot of amazing new opportunities. Um, so, yeah, like there's just so much to unpack in regards to the professional dance world. Yeah. Um, but mentally navigating through it all is kind of tough, but just to have like good support systems is really good. But by having that, you also need to be brave enough to explore other sources, explore other classes, to find those people that actually give a shit about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I found too, to be very helpful because I, there's classes that I went to where it was just for show. It was just for the camera, which is, if that's something that you want to do, which is great, like do your thing. But I personally seek out classes that I know will be transformative. Mm-hmm in a sense where yes, I'm training, but also I'm with someone that actually cares about my growth, that actually values me being there um, to grow. And also, you know, just being a regular human being that's very empathetic, understanding, but also real enough to tell you like, I'm here to push you. Um, this is what you need to do da, 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 with love. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Instead of like, here, give me your $45 for a two hour class with a videotape and you're learning a combo and then bye. Mm-hmm. Like you did get a great job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's just uh, it makes me want to melt. Yes. <laughs> and the other thing about having that audition experience is that, like you're saying, so many of your jobs and opportunities have come from being human and knowing somebody. And auditions are very similar in that way. That even if it's not your, even if it's not your friend or something like that, oh, that casting director saw me in this and realized I wasn't right for it. But then three months later, I'm going to get a call from them. And this other mm-hmm. opportunity came up for me. So you just never know going into an audition, 
is often not about the audition for the for the job you're actually auditioning for. It's about building experience and making connections and all of those other things. And it's also amazing to sit back and be able to say, "Oh yeah, I get why I didn't get that job. I get what I understood. I understand why I got far in the process, and I also understand why it's not for me." Or at least not for mm-hmm. me at this point of time. Right. So that also goes back to being human, being like, oh, yeah, it's not just, oh, I'm bad. I didn't get it. It's, there's so many other factors that have to do with it. Right. And on top of that, like there's going to be so many more random opportunities that pop up. And that's something good to know, too, in your head where you, like for some reason in that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, like that's not an opportunity that's going to happen ever again but there's so many other opportunities that will better serve you um and it could be with the same like agent not agent but you know the company it could be with something else so like i 100 percent agree with you there um but also something that like i want other people to know too you know that like it's okay to like be not okay in that moment for sure but you know, take your time with it. Be soft on yourself because the world's already hard enough. So it's just like to acknowledge that is something that we should do. And then just find the right step, like step forward and be like, there's going to be other opportunities. Like there's going to be something that's for me out there. Just even like the affirmations is going to help like a ton. And I appreciate you noting that it's not about saying, oh, don't worry about it. Don't be upset about it. It's, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's not about that. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you, you noting that because yeah, it sucks if you had your hopes set for something and didn't get it, or you really loved that musical and you really wanted to work for it and you thought this was your time and it's not, or those things can be really upsetting and heartbreaking. It's just that you need to develop a kind of sense of self-worth and understanding of your own trajectory and your own unique path where that's not going to completely determine who you are and how you exist. A hundred percent. Yeah. What was it like for you on the path towards getting representation and how's that been for you? It was actually pretty easy. <laughs> that's great. It wasn't hard. It was just great because well, here's the thing. I auditioned for other agencies before, like in person, and it, I didn't get it, obviously. But it was very different. Like, it depends on what agent you want to be in. So you have to do some research in the people that are under that agency if you want to work with them and, like, find your why, you know? Like, why do you want to be in it with an agency? Um, obviously, to get more jobs, be represented and stuff like that. But... um my process with that was super simple. Like I just submitted it. I submitted an email (laughs) to MSA and I was like, Hey, (laughs) I'm looking for representation. (laughs) Here's my headshot and resume Mm -hmm. and dance reel. Um, But it's also funny because at the time I was hired for Hocus Pocus. So that was more of an incentive for them to email me back, Mm -hmm. um, which was nice. But Hocus Pocus, I booked on my own. I didn't need an agent, but it's very helpful. Like if you do book a job, it's super helpful to email like an agency right then and there. So that way they have some sort of incentive to be like, oh, you're already booking stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, of course I'll represent you. 
So that helped a lot. And I just sent them that email and stuff like that. And we did a phone call and then we did like a full like live, kind of like an online interview. But it was very weird because I didn't hear from them for the next three months. And they're like, yeah, we'll let you know. And I was like, (gasps) three months go by. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to reach out to another agent or something. But I come to find out it was because they were moving locations. So they were not really speaking to anyone of those three months. Mm -hmm. Um, So I emailed them again. And I was like, hey, just touching base. Like if there's any, like from our last conversation, um, I would love to do another interview just to catch up, see if anything changes or things like that. And and I sent it and I went to New York. I was like, I'm going to take class. <laughs> and I went to take class. And as I, was, as I was driving, I got a whole bunch of emails from MSA. And I was like, what's happening? And they're like, we would love to represent you. Sign all these paperwork. And I was like, <laughs> I, I got to pull over. <laughs> what just happened? I called Ray and I was like, what? Like, did I just get I'm in the agency now? That's so crazy. It was like that. It's so fast, which is so crazy to me. But there's so many loopholes. Like if you have, if you know a choreographer that's also a choreographer in that agency, like they can recommend you and then you'll boom, you'll get the sort. This depends. You can get the um, the agency, like things like that. But a big, big caution that I would say, not a caution, I would like to invite and offer up a shift of perspective in regards to how you would view an agent. They work for you. They can give you all of the information, like all of the audition info and like put you on for other audition possibilities and things like that. However, it's up to you to book the job. And if you book the job, they still will collect your 10% of your check. So you need to tell them what you want to do. You need to tell them what, what are some things that you would like them to look out for so they can better accommodate for you. They're very good at even helping you pick your headshots, like things that would help better get people like you know to to see you and be like oh i think she'll be great Mm." Mm -hmm. and then you know go from there but you can still book jobs without them because i booked two movies without an agent so you know it's very possible to work without them but it's also you know it's helpful to have them you know Mm -hmm. i i try to remind my performer friends of the same thing when you go into an audition they can't do this without you. They can't have a show or a movie or whatever it is without you. So it's not to say like, come in all arrogant and you need me. It's not what I'm saying at all. But just know that when you walk in, it is this exchange of energy. It's this mutual exchange. Like we want you, you want us. Let's see if we're connecting. Let's see if this is a right and mm-hmm. then it takes a lot of the performative pressure off. Um, and I also want to just say, you're saying it was easy to get your agent. And I want to give you a little more credit than that because it was easy in the sense that <laughs> you emailed and you had an interview and then you got it, right? But number one, you had all of your years of training and working your ass off leading up to that. You had all of the jobs that you booked on your own. You had the other agencies that you applied to that you didn't get. And you kept going and said, oh, wait, this is actually a great agency for me. I'm going to keep persevering. You had the strength and the courage to reach out to them. 
And then you have the strength and the courage to reach back out to them when you hadn't heard from them and not to not get defeated about it, but to say, hey, I think this would actually be a good fit. Let me keep pushing forward. So mm. it's it's easy in the, in the very end when it all came together, but you worked your ass off. You had rejection. You kept fighting for mm. it. So I think it wasn't easy <laughs> not to totally <laughs> undermine what you're saying, but you worked your ass off to get to that point. And then finally, the right team saw that work and saw what you were capable of and said, fuck yeah, I'm so lucky that I'm going to have Daisy in our agency. Great. I'm so excited. So 100%. Thanks, girl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's such a good reminder. You could have easily said, hey, I've applied for a few agencies and I guess I'm just not right. And you could have said, hey, I'm not going to go to these auditions because you need an agent to go to these big auditions for big movies. There are all these Mm -hmm. excuses that we give ourselves, hint me, (laughs) that we make for ourselves. And so, those are huge hurdles to get over and you did them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. can you tell us about those fun movies and if they were fun? <laughs> <laughs> they were. Um, so my very first movie that I booked as a dancer was in the Heights. And that is under the direction of Christopher Scott, Ebony Williams, Dana Wilson, um, Emilio, like, these people I've seen and I saw them being in other movies and things like that. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's audition. But how I got to understand that there was an open audition was through one of my friends named Freddie. He um, he just sent like, I guess they posted on Instagram or something. And then he just sent forward it to a lot of people. And I was like, ah, okay, well, I guess I'll go. Might as well. What am I going to lose? And I went and oh my gosh, it was so packed. And I went in and it was for a salsa audition. And I was like, okay. And they're like, yeah, let's just see a freestyle down the, you know, across the floor for like an eight count. And I was like, okay. And I did it. And then I didn't get any, and get anything. And then I was like, okay, sounds good. And then they were doing a workshop, a two-hour workshop. And I was like, Ray, I have to go. Like this, like I need to learn from them. Like the audition is sure, whatever. But I need to learn from them. Like Dana wasn't, I freaking love her. Like Christopher's got, ah, like, it's just, they're amazing. So I was like, what? What am I going to lose? I'm going to go and audition. Not audition, but like dance over there. And I did. And I was in the front, per usual. And I was like having the time of my life. Because it was a lot of very, very interactive. And I loved it. It was so much fun. And then I said my thank yous. And then after Christopher Scott was like, yo, what do you, do you live in New York or something? I was like, no. He was like, I was like, I mean, I'm an hour away. Like, I'm making something work. Like, what are you thinking? He was like, okay, do you have an agent? I was like, no. And he was like, okay, we're going to get you an agent. And I said, okay. And he was like, yeah, just right here. Send this information down. We would love to keep in touch with you. And I was like, but obviously I couldn't be like that. So I was like, of course. Like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> the minute I left that building, I was like, <laughs> like, it was so crazy. It was intense. And the whole like, it's just so crazy to me because it's my first time being an actual movie one two understanding like what my rights are as a dancer in terms of the rehearsal space and dancing on concrete and like workers like all this stuff like changing in the clothes being paid for that being paid for dancing outside extra because you're dancing on concrete for a number amount of hours um 
you know, if you go past a set of hours then you get paid overtime, stuff like that, that I just didn't know. Um, I learned from that movie. And I remember walking into the dance studio for the first rehearsal and I see like Jessica Castro and I see like Frankie and Amandy, people that have already toured and done, they're like OGs in my eyes. Like Frankie has done Rihanna, like he's did Beyonce, like Amandy was Beyonce's right hand woman back in the day. And like, she's like, oh my gosh, basically I'm in a room full of like people that have been there, done that, know what to expect, already like performance ready, like they already did all of this. And I'm over here walking my Connecticut ass in the fucking room, <laughs> not knowing what's going to happen. And I'm like, Do, am I in the right room? First of all, <laughs> am I in the right room? And then we just started getting to like know each other. And um, we did the pool scene. And no, 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 we did the opening. And then we did a pool scene. And then there's a park scene. So the pool scene was very interesting too, because it was in like an open pool, but we had to rehearse in a private pool. And one thing about me, <laughs> we had to go underwater at some point. I don't go underwater regularly. I have to mm. do like this. So <laughs> I had to figure her nose. out. Her nose. <laughs> I don't think, I, sorry, I had to cover my nose <laughs> because I'm just that type of person in the water. I still haven't even mastered that till this day. But it's just hilarious because I had to learn how to do some of these water stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know how to like properly hold my breath underwater without plugging my nose. <laughs> so I had to figure it out. Like there was a lot of those type of challenges where I'm like, I have to figure it out. Like I don't trust but to figure it out. But with that stress came like laughter and like learning and acknowledging and like stuff like that because I was around people that were also very human. Like they were like, yeah, I got you. Like I'll help you. And they would crack jokes especially when it's a time where you can tell that everyone's kind of stressed and um when we went to the actual setting for the pool scene the water was actually below the temperature that we're supposed to be swimming in which is like below 80 degrees so it was freezing and on top of that it was raining so we had to do still do the pool scene uh while it was raining <laughs> and we did that for like three days so well, the first day we kind of went on a strike because we were like, you know, we're not being in this water. My lips turning purple. Like people were not, their bodies were super stiff in the water. Like it was very hard. So the next day they warmed it up a little bit more and things like that. And we were able to shoot the scenes. And I remember Ebony was like, hey, let's go over this, um, this section because it looks like you're marking it. And I'm like, what? I'm not marking it. <laughs> and that shot my confidence down so much because I'm like, like, I'm not going to my fullest, I guess. And and so I remember talking to my friends, and he was like, I think it was Emilio, and he was like, just pull us inside and say what specific like moves would you like. But mm -hmm. she would like you to dance bigger mm -hmm. in. And I said, okay. So I went up to her, and like she helped me and things like that. But it, it shot my confidence on because I was like, damn, I suck. <laughs> I'm not performing in the fullest capability like everyone else is. Um, but... After that, like, I felt better in terms of just, like, talking to her and, like, asking for specificity so I know that it's not just the entire entirety of the moves. Yeah. Um, so that kind of helped me a little bit better and just performing it more made me tap in more emotionally, which helps my performance elevate even more because um, now at this point I'm speaking from my heart and I notice that when I speak from my heart more, 
I just like black out in a sense of like just going off. Um, and that part was the most transformative for me of just understanding like where I'm speaking from when I'm dancing and like how big I'm dancing and, and what capabilities can I do? Like what things can I do and adjust and stuff like that. And just being on it, like just being aware, being present, especially in that moment of like, Hey, they need to do this and you do that. And just being open for changes because a lot of things happen in that sense. So that was like the pool scene and the park scene was a lot easier. Like after that, it just became a lot smoother, which was nice because I was seeing the similar faces and I was able to be a lot more comfortable and even learn more information again about like what my rights are as a dancer, because I didn't know I was just signing papers away. I was like, <laughs> yeah, give me money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but they were like, no, you get paid extra. Like, because you're da -da -da, you're past the amount of hours that they're supposed to be shooting and i was like <laughs> so i got paid good. good i got paid good and then that was my series went in the heights and then hocus pocus i did and i just submitted a, a audition video and originally it was just supposed to be for like an, an extra and then they were like hey we're looking for dance can you learn this and then submit it i was like okay and i did it and then i got in and it was very interesting because now i'm dancing with dancers that are both professional and then just regular people that don't really dance like that. And so it was very interesting to do that because now I'm with like just an, a big community of people and um, the steps were super simple, which I loved. But then the shoot nights were super cold. So I had like a warm robe and I like I was whenever we we're going to shoot, we had to take it off and then go. And mind you, I'm wearing like this whole like salsa <laughs> like a salsa like what is it it's like a tangle type of dress and i have tights on underneath and it's like so cold outside it was like almost winter time and i had to dance outside for a number of hours and it was great <laughs> i was cold i didn't get like we weren't done shooting till like 6 a.m but i wouldn't trade that for the world because i was like i'm doing what i love and on top of that it's a hocus focus 2 movie and i'm dancing right in front of the ogs of wow. the ogs and hocus focus which was so crazy to me i was like literally in the front mind you i wasn't supposed to be in the front i was like literally in the middle and they were like we need more short people and i was like ah! and i literally ran i bolted to the front and they're like yeah she's short i was like thanks yeah. <laughs> the one time i was like exactly yeah, I'm short and i'm proud <laughs> i'm short and i'm <laughs> exactly. which is awesome but yeah that was my experience of the two movies and especially when I'm having an agent it was like very transformative because I had to learn how to like sign my own papers and like understand what I'm looking at um so yeah that was my long experiences of the two movies that I booked yeah is it so do you feel a relief now that you have an agent who can look over that technical legal stuff yes because I'm not good at that. Math is not my, my thing. Math is not my friend. <laughs> and reading sometimes contracts is like the worst because they're like 85 pages long. Yeah. So to have an agent, it's nice because I just have to sign one piece of paper. And I'm like, okay. And it's, it's, she like breaks it down for me, like generalizes that whole entire contract for me. And and just so I'm able to see what my rate is, what the hours are like, what what dates are what. Um, and then just to sign to confirm type of thing, which mm -hmm. is very nice. I'd like really appreciate that mm -hmm. when you were talking about the corrections that you got while you were doing in the heights and how it deflated your confidence a little bit and you had to rebuild it it made me think about how as artists what you're 
and as dancers specifically, what you are offering as your service is your own body. And so if you think about it like um, a painter or an illustrator and you're getting commissioned to do something, you can have the person who's commissioning you say, oh, you know what? I actually want it to be all blue and this is all pink. I don't know. This is a silly mm. example, but it no, doesn't but it makes sense. necessarily yeah. have anything to do with what that person made. It's just not what they're looking for in that moment. And it's not always like that. Sometimes some people are not trying enough or sometimes somebody's movement quality is not what they're looking for, whatever it is. But when you have someone coming over to you, you have to remember that they're looking for something in particular and it's just that you're not giving them that thing. And it's so hard to remember that when it's your body and yourself. Right. 100%. That That's exactly what it was for me. Because I was like, well, I'm not good enough. You told me to paint purple and I'm doing green. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is not it. Mm -hmm. And so I started freaking out because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm not doing, I'm not doing my job. I'm not doing like what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just started going down the rabbit hole of anxiety and like overthinking mm -hmm. and it took Emilio to be like, Hey, like you're fine. Just ask her what specific, like what moves specific, like specifically that you would like. And he just made it like that. And I was like, damn, yeah, right. <laughs> it's not that deep. <laughs> yeah. And so like, that was so transformative too. Cause like that led me to just thinking about other things and even just like understanding critiques versus like, like thinking that they're like so negative. Like I grew up thinking about that. Like someone tries to correct me. I'm like, Oh, how dare you? Like in that sense of like, wow, am I not good enough? Rather than, oh, he's just helping me. She's just helping me like find a, a better pathway, of, of, like a color that can be a lot more visible or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, just to shake things up or add more colors for, to add more vibrancy to the painting. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's like, that's like that moment for me to just be like, oh, she she's she cares yeah you know? she's not saying i'm horrible right she's just saying she wants more colors yeah and i was like okay yeah she's not saying you're fired or go hide in the back or go stand behind that really tall person <laughs> yeah <laughs> no literally it's so well, hard to yeah. remember that yes it is and i'm to this day i still remember like i remind myself that i think a lot of times when we talk about like healing and like self-awareness and the things that we've learned we kind of think that that's the end, but that's not the end. Like there's going to be so many moments in your journey where you're going to overthink or you're going to be down. Like you're really going to feel like you hit rock bottom and you're going to have like the worst of the worst, but it's just, you just have to catch yourself and remind yourself of those things. Um, and it's hard. It's not easy. There's times where I literally break down because I'm frustrated where I'm not getting a move and I just realize that I'm being too hard on myself mm -hmm. rather than giving myself grace. And I have to remind myself that like, for example, like this week I went um, and I, we went on a dance retreat, which is so new to me and I'm so grateful for. And it was under John Rua and he's putting together this beautiful play. Um, that's also including a lot of movement in it. And I had to learn so many different styles of dance girl. I had to learn tap. I had to learn lyrical. I had to learn. <laughs> I had to learn jazz, salsa partnering, um, um, ballroom. Under a week, 
We had 10 hour rehearsals a day. And I had to learn all of that. Literally one day I had to learn these four things, which was the tap, the, the jazz. The, if you hear a dog snoring, that's my Leo. He's I don't he's snoring him, in the back. I wish I heard Okay, him. good. <laughs> but yeah, I learned all, the, all these things. And at the end of the night, my brain's poop. I'm mm. poop. Mm. My body hurts. And I still had to learn a salsa piece that was super difficult because it requires a lot of part work and turning. Which, you know, I'm not technically trained. So turning, girl, spotting where? I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> so I was getting so frustrated. And you can tell. And I was like, okay. Um, they were like, all right, we're just going to stop it there. Like, I'm just giving you the basis. So tomorrow we can just go over it. I was like, okay, cool. Like, cool. Great. And I went upstairs. And I was going to take a shower. And I took a shower. And I was bawling my eyes out. And the reason why I was bawling my eyes out was because of the fact that I was so upset that I had learned so many things that well I'm not upset the fact that I had learned these things I was upset because I could not do these things that might was I don't know something that might be easier for other people or like something that like I that's so way out of my comfort zone that I had to learn and get in one day and to learn all of that just literally almost knocked my confidence down because I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not good. <laughs> I was like, I'm so trash. <laughs> I can't pick not one thing up. Like what? What's happening? Not saying that I couldn't pick it up. It was, it was more so the execution of how I'm executing these things. Like even with like the, the jazz, like I had a really, they, they were very specific on like how more, like, use your legs like plie before you do the shenanigans and like all this stuff and i was like got it and i wasn't doing because i was so focused on getting this step and mm-hmm. i was like great and so all of that just combined into that night and i was just bawling my eyes out because i was like wow i'm not i'm not getting this like i'm not my confidence isn't as high as it was because of the fact that these are some this this is just crazy for me like my body's crazy it just feels crazy my brain feels crazy I feel like I'm not executing things the way I want to. And like, it was just tough. And I also had to remind myself then, like, girl, this is one hard stuff that you learn under one day, 10 hours. Yeah. Two, these are so many different styles that you haven't trained in. So of course, it's going to be foreign to you. Three, you're kind of overthinking it. Like, you should be proud of yourself and give yourself grace because of the fact that you learned so many different pieces in such a short amount of time. And execute it in the best ability that you were able to give it to. Like mm-hmm. you, you did your best. Like that should be enough. And know that tomorrow you're obviously going to revisit it. So it's going to be better in your body. Like you shouldn't be. I mean, yes, feel what you're feeling because it's an overwhelming experience. But at the same time, like don't let that diminish who you are and like your confidence in regards to how you execute things. Mm-hmm. Because there's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why John specifically asked you to be there. Um, and I needed to tell that to myself. And also I told Ray and Ray also reminded me of that, which was beautiful. And that, that night, like I, that was that moment for me of just like reflection and pulling myself back and giving myself that grace that one would think I would already have. Do you know what I mean? Like going back to the whole, you think that once you're healing or once you're telling yourself these things like it'll be good for the rest of your life when in fact it's not there's going to be so many moments like this and that was one of them for me this past week alone um so it's not like it happens every once a month girl it'd be happening 
often. <laughs> what do you feel like are some of those things that you have had to heal from? Um, for me, it was a lot of trauma in regards to not even dance. It was still my childhood. Like I noticed that I rush a lot in my movement. And the reason why I rush a lot in my movement, not because of the dance specifically, was because I'm so used to being rushed as a child. And for example, my mom would wake me up at like 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. and be like, it's 8 a.m. You're late. And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like running around and I'm so used to being rushed. I'm so used to like being on the go all the time um, because I was raised like that to always be on the go and always keep fighting and always keep doing something like you can't think you have to just fucking do. And so now when I'm dancing, I realize that I, I rush a lot sometimes, especially when something that I don't know or like something that's very foreign to me, I rush. And I realized that that week where I was like, oh my gosh, like this is where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I'm also learning to understand. And the fact that I understood it made me a, more capable of understanding how to move from then on. Um, and then, for example, last week I did a show with Bo Park, and that was also very transformative because that whole show is a depiction of your home and how it can be scary, not just safe. And I had a the role of a parent, so I had to step into my own mother's shoes and understand where her frustrations were coming from. But also, I was able to see myself as a child. Um, so let me break this down. So the scene is, there's children, there's a child that's reflecting on her life and her past and trying to show her parents that even though in their eyes, her childhood was amazing and there's specific moments that she can recall that have been amazing in their eyes, those same moments in the child's eyes weren't as amazing. Um, and so that whole scene playing off was so crazy to me in the sense of like, this is exactly what I felt. Like my childhood was great in your eyes, but there's so many moments that I can remember that wasn't great. And, um, and the feeling of trying to get your parents' attention, but they're not giving it to you. It was the same thing in my life where I was not getting the validation that I should have been getting from my family or my parents growing up. And it could be as simple as getting a B in a test and Instead of being like, oh, that's great. That's cool. My mom would look at the paper and say, why didn't you get an A? And that to me, like, I will never forget it. Because it's like, wow, no matter what I'm doing, it's not good enough. Like, no matter what I'm doing, it's it's not good enough for you. And I grew up with that lack of validation to the point where as a dancer, as a professional dancer, I'm still now getting over the fact that are still healing from not seeking validation from other professionals, other teachers. Um, And I did that for a while. I did all of that because I wasn't getting that as a child. So now I feel like I need to continuously work my ass off, not just because I wanted to, but because I wanted the validation Mm -hmm. from the people that I'm learning from. And with Bo, she kind of helped me tackle that. She was like, in a general sense to everyone, she was like, I don't want you to do this for me. She's like, because I 
like I'm not gonna give you that validation. Like obviously I'm very grateful for you guys and like whatever, whatever, but I want you to do this for you. And and that knocked me down because I was like, wow. This whole time I'm over here like like trying to get the validation, doing all of this stuff because I felt like I needed to get that validation from you. And for her to say, do this for you was like I was like, okay. <laughs> Bawled my eyes out one. Two, I was like, wow, you're right. I definitely need to do this for me. And, and it made me dive deeper into my life and understand where that all that's coming from and why. Um, so that's what I mean about like healing. Just the more I get into dance and dive deeper into dance, the more I find out about my past and about my trauma, which is so crazy to me. But it's so telling because like the way I move is like it's from the heart. It's like from everything, you know, and the more jobs and opportunities I take, I find that it's always a reflection of of me or it's always a reflection of my past and how I need to kind of acknowledge it in some sense because the trauma that I'm facing becomes the obstacle in my dance career at some point. Um, so that that's something that I meant by like healing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel the same way about constantly trying to seek validation from teachers and choreographers. And I think that's one of the ma- main reasons I felt so utterly broken in college is that I felt like most of the time right. I did not have that. And right. I had the few teachers who did do that, but with all of the other teachers not doing that, it was hard to see. Mm. And I think that's why now I am super passionate about showing all of my students just how amazing I think they are. Mm. And it's not that all of them are going to go off and be professional dancers. And it doesn't matter. That's not what it's about. It's okay if you're there just to socialize. It's okay if you're there because it's a safe space. It's okay if you're there to do it for fun. It doesn't have to be about being a professional, but to be in a space where you feel seen and you can actively practice doing something for yourself and not for me. So I very often say like, even if it's coming from a frustrated place with them where I feel like they're not giving everything they can. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to see, I said this last week, (laughs) I don't (laughs) need to see this dance 10 times. Like I'm good. I'm good to (laughs) see it one amazing time. Maybe two. I don't need to see it 10 times, but I need to keep pulling things out of you because I know what you're capable of. And I know Mm -hmm. how you want it to be when you get to the stage next week. This was the week before the recital. So I have Mm -hmm. to keep reminding them I'm not sitting here trying to clean the heck out of this piece because I want to. (laughs) It's because they have infinite potential within them. And it is my job as a teacher to help pull that out of them, whether they are going off to do it professionally or they're here for a social reason, whatever, anything in between. You have all of this potential and a dance studio can just be a microcosm of the bigger world where you're 100%. constantly seeking validation everywhere. And if you mm-hmm. go off to be a professional, okay, I am validated when you give me a contract 
or I'm validated when my boss gives me a good whatever a boss would give someone. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're constantly looking and reaching for this right. externally. And so the dance room, the dance studio or company, whatever it is, can be a space where people can begin to be empowered and validate themselves internally and push themselves internally. And I feel like that's something we can offer as teachers too. And also as peers and colleagues and people who are in the industry, I'm also trying to do that with the people around me. I'm also trying to encourage them as much as I can and and whatever. Right. No, you're 100% right. And I think the beauty of having those friends and the encouragement is that you're going to get that right back. And um, it's just nice to offer that shift of perspective too, especially to the students, because again, we're working with teenagers and like babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the teenage, like working with teenagers is so tough because like, everything is from external sources so this year was kind of rough with with the teenagers because I was also going through my own journey and every year like every year I'm always like I'm here for you I'm here for you I'm here for you and this year was more like I need to kind of like work on myself so I'm here to be the teacher but I can't really offer up my time in that sense of emotional uh sense which is kind of rough because they they really rely on me a lot for that so it was it definitely took some like talking in terms of just like checking in with everyone and, and helping them out and also and letting them know like that I still love, like I love you guys, you know, granted, I love you guys. I'm pushing you guys for the sense and like, you know, but that's why with like companies, um, I always include a piece that's very emotional and I have them talk about like, OK, what is it that you want to talk about? What is it that you want to express? And from there, we mold what we want to mold, um, which is nice because it and, they, they can connect to it easier that way, just like what they want to talk about and how to express it. Um, but it's very challenging too as a teacher because like not only are you going through your own life and your own, your own emotions and like your own journey, you also have to be there for them in their journey. <laughs> so it's like you're you're like a source. And you also have to take care of yourself aside from taking care of them. And sometimes it's hard to do both at the same time. Um, but I like that you're able to create a, a space where it's honest um, because a lot of dance teachers don't really do that. But um, I think this year I, I kind of took a step back from that because I was just still trying to figure me out more than them. But I love them so much. Like they're the group of kids that we have. I know. Honestly, like a blessing. Like I wouldn't trade any of them for anything in the world. Yeah, they're very special. And we're so lucky to come together in a space, in a studio, Mm -hmm. in a safe, loving studio like Rockwell specifically. I mean, not every studio is like that. It is truly another home for people. It's a family that they've created. And we have watched so many of these students since they were very little, very, very little. And so we are completely invested and love them so much, you know. Literally. This is their outlet. Like their their outside life is like sometimes not it's literally not the best. So when they come in there, they just feel so comfortable and they just want to talk. I also think that 
there has to be a balance between understanding that this is someone's safe and social and happy place and also understanding that so many people here, if not everybody, really want to work hard. And so it's about the balancing act as a teacher where you have someone who is just coming to be social, but you can still do that and be respectful of the teacher. I have plenty of those people who it's like, you know, when to talk. And then when I ask you to bring it, (laughs) bring it in a little bit, you will. And so, yeah, I think it's about respect across the board, respect for your fellow students, respect for your teacher, respect for the space that you're in. It's hard. Like I love them so much and I just want them to be able to be in the best space and environment possible. And I want Mm -hmm. them to know that they are empowered and have the ability to also have a say in what their environments are like. Of course, 100%. A majority of their journey is growing. And I think not in this dance space, it's not just about them dancing in terms of the growth it's also their emotional capabilities and um their their processes too like again going back to the more i dive deeper into dance the more i learn about myself um i think the same can be said in that dance setting as well where it's like we're all growing at the Mm -hmm. same time so it's just finding that communication that works for all of us which some days is going to be harder than the others but i think the students overall, they're growing too. So they're also understanding what their emotions are like and like how they're feeling and how they're expressing it. And the idea of us being the teachers and us being the teachers also having that responsibility of, yes, you're growing physically, but then let me teach you how to be emotionally, like how to grow emotionally as well. Like, and that's with the respect, like, if I'm giving you the time of day and I'm respecting you, I'm expecting you to do the same in return. I think that communication is very like important. But there's times where like, you know, we a teacher also need to step back and let them figure it out for themselves mm-hmm. as well. Um, so it's just finding that duality of like, when do I step in and like, when do I not? When do I let them, let me say my piece with respect and then let's see if they come around to understanding it or, mm-hmm. you know, feeling that out for themselves, waiting for them to come out their shells more and like be more respectful or just like understanding that. And that's, that just comes with time. Yeah. It's hard, but it it's, it's just like, you know, we're learning about ourselves emotionally just as much as they are too. So it's like just learning. That's it. Just learning and respecting each other. It takes, it, it's just a, a lot of journeys happening at once. Yeah. And um, it's also just, a reminder of how important it is to take care of yourself because if you're taking care of yourself and you're nurturing yourself and you are focusing on your mental and physical health and you are getting the performance opportunities that light your spirit and all of those things, then you will show up as a better teacher time and time again. If you're drained in your personal life and you're overworked and you're this and that, you try to show up as a teacher, then they feel that they know and it's yes, not fair to them do. either they know yeah. they're smart that's what i'm saying like yeah. yo how are you how can you feel me from a mile away mm-hmm. but then like what <laughs> as soon as you walk in they know mm-hmm. like we can too though as soon as, as soon as like the students walk in there's that one student that's like not with it and you're like okay <laughs> are you okay mm-hmm. <laughs> what's going on mm-hmm. 
you need a hug? What do you need? A minute? That's fine. Take your minute. That just happens. But I 100% agree with you with just taking care of ourselves too. Because um, sometimes like in the middle of the year too, I find myself drained. Um, but just me going out to New York and like finding my version of outlets helped me check back in. And then when I come to teach, I have a fresh new idea or like I'm stronger to carry on what I was carrying before mm-hmm. that might have been very, very heavy. Um, And I also have always found historically that the times when I am drained teaching, it's because I am not doing something that's fueling me in my soul. And so my the past three weeks of teaching at Rockwell have been so fun for me because I was just coming off the heels of an associate director job. So I felt really inspired. Mm -hmm. I had something more to give. It was like I'm taking it, it's going into my system, and then I can channel it back out to my students versus when I was not fueled and I was not taking care of myself and I didn't have a way to fuel my soul, I felt like I was breaking apart pieces of myself because I didn't Mm. have anything to channel through me. I was like, okay, here's this little piece of my heart. Here's this little piece of my ribs. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, before we close, I just want to get into – what you're up to now. And I want to hear what are some things that you're excited about moving forward, whether they're contracts or just things that are going on in your life. Like what can we be excited about and what can we imagine that will bring us a lot of joy and beauty? Mm -hmm. Right now my journey is just going with the flow. So um, this month I'll be in LA traveling and training. So I'll be in LA. So if you are in LA, that'd be great. That would love to connect. Um, and when I come back, I'm off to traveling again. I'm going to go to the Philippines and Korea and Singapore. So I'm going to be over there living my best life, eating all the food, which is nice, refueling. You know, it's great. Um, but aside from that, in terms of like the dance world, I'm not too sure. I haven't really have anything lined up in terms of scheduling for new opportunities but um i know i will be working with john rua for some submissions and i'll be working with Bo for a new project that she's putting together um i think in september but that's pretty much it aside from that it's just me learning more about myself through exploring um making connections and hopefully i'll once the like this the school year starts like i'll start to also teach more outside of just the dance studios and um create more just because i want to and you know go from there um that's pretty much how i've been doing it so i'm just gonna keep on doing it and hopefully there's more opportunities that pop up there so yeah i also want to say that To have one month training in LA and then the next chunk of time traveling to all these amazing places, I think that both are equally fueling as an artist. And it's really important to remember that getting into a hip hop class is not necessarily the number one way to train to be an artist. Oh my gosh, 100%. I wholeheartedly agree. I I took a a program um, under Luam and she was mentioning that she was like, yes, train, do your stuff, but just know that finding who you are 
doesn't necessarily mean in the dance studio. It also means going out and exploring, hanging out with your friends, hanging out with family members, um, finding who you are outside of that. Because once you start looking for those things and start looking at things that might fuel you, the external sources aside from dance, you can pull that to bring into the dance world um, to shed more light on who you are and what you stand on and, and, and find your why even more. <clears throat> because you're exploring outside of just dance. And I think that's 100% true. So I'm very grateful that I'm able to travel this month and be in new areas that I've never been before. And I, kn- I know that once I come back, like I'm going to be super fueled. That's amazing. You deserve yeah. it. Thank well, you. thank you so much for the chat. I am such a big fan of yours and I am so excited to keep watching your journey unfold and i feel very lucky to be alongside you and i am desperate to take a hip-hop class with you we've talked about this for years but i'm so afraid and i feel like i need i feel like if we could get in a studio and we're just one-on-one and then i can give something to you dance related then that would be best because i can't first of all your students are so good i'm like oh no wonder I've never wanted to go pop into one of those classes. <laughs> I, I'm like, this is professional. This could be anywhere. And so, yeah, I need a private lesson because whew, I'm not going in with those students. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> those students, they're amazing. They're so amazing. This is great. But heck yeah, girl, I got you. I think my movement is you're – you're, I feel like you're just going to get because I'm very like flowy. <laughs> it's so flowy. And so like, you know, obviously there's going to be moments of power, but I think yeah. you're going to smash it. It's going to be great. I haven't done a hip hop class since actually I haven't done a hip hop class, I think ever, but we did some hip hop a little bit in company when I was in high school. That's so crazy. Yeah, It's fine. You got it. I loved I mean, it though. It just wasn't. Yeah. We didn't have it in school, and I was so hyper-focused on all the other stuff. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, but I would love to get back into it. Of course. I got you. Okay, it's, just, it's like just how as much as you like express yourself through your movement, it's just a similar way. Um, and that's what I'm saying. It's going gonna, it's gonna to flow because it's – trust me. It's just going to flow. I trust it's gonna you. Be great. I trust you. You're going to be great. I promise. <laughs> You're always great. <clears throat> that's why I'm like – I'm just chilling. Like I'm not even – I'm not even stressed. Like you're, you're talking like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna learn. I'm like, yeah, you are. Like it's gonna be easy. <laughs> what are you talking wait. about? It's been great. It's been great. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for putting this together and just opening this up for the community. Like I love it. Like it's something that other people will need. So thank, thank you. you so much for opening this. Like yeah. this is amazing. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Took took me long enough, but we're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's a dream come true to share these stories with you. And I hope that there's something that you can take away that betters your life. We'll see you next time.